The COVID-19 pandemic has tremendously affected people all over the world, and one of the main problems relating to the virus is testing. Uh, the testing is important part of overcoming this crisis because we have a problem, and it's the shortage of tests. And we are unable to test everybody, and by the time we get the results back, the, those people that have been infected have already spread it to numerous other people. Uh, hi, my name is Fatu, and today I will be interviewing my friends Mika, Iki, and Skyler. So Iki, uh, are, so you're doing the test parts, and I was wondering, because you said we have a shortage, all the factories in China have been closed down, so everything we make comes from uh, the U.S., correct? Yeah. Uh, do you think you could explain uh, why we have a shortage? Um, one of the main reasons, <clears throat> one of the main reasons there's a shortage of tests is because most of the medical supplies are manufactured in China, and since the factories are closing down, um, there's a there's a decrease in making tests, and um, there is approximately one point million people who have tested positive for coronavirus. And the numbers would have been much higher if we had more testing kits available for a wider spread of people. And a lot of people are asymptomatic, which means people can carry the virus but show zero signs of it. And sadly, we can't just go get tested whenever we want to be safe because there's a very limited supply of testing kits. And they only t- and they only test the people that do have uh, symptoms. Like, symptoms, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you for that, uh, Skyler. Um, so you you have the uh, part of you did research on how they test and uh, what different tests there are. Uh, do you think you could explain which um, like how they test? Yeah. So there's two different types of tests. The main types of tests is one of them is one that um, sees if you're recently exposed or fought off the virus, and the other is the diagnostic test that checks to see if you have an active infection with the coronavirus. And then, uh, like, do you know what they do in order to test for the, like, what exactly they do? Like, how they take samples? Yeah, so they take samples by pushing a swab um, like a cotton bud down or deep inside the back of the throat or nose and then the swab is then sent off to the lab to be tested negative or positive for the virus all right and the testing uh as i mentioned in the intro uh it takes a while to get back the tests uh how long does this typically take yeah so um, the lab will be able to determine if you have the coronavirus within hours, but depending on where you live, it can take anywhere up to a week or more to get your test results back. Yeah, so by the time you get your test results back, you could have seen many other people. Yes. That's unfortunate. Yeah. All right, Mika, uh, you're, you wrote, uh, you researched uh, accuracy on the testing. Uh, do you think uh, you can explain how accurate the tests are? Yes. Um, so tests for the COVID-19 virus are actually not all that accurate. Um, testing may result in false negatives. 
um, due to a laboratory error or too little of the viral material collected from a patient. Um, false negatives can also occur when samples are stored or handled improperly, as well as if a patient is tested too early in the course of infection and there's not enough of the virus to be detected. Additionally, people are getting tested for any strain of coronavirus, not specifically for COVID-19. There are not yet reliable tests for a specific COVID-19 virus. So the test, no test is 100% accurate. Yeah, no is 100% accurate. Okay, so due to this, uh, how ineffective some tests can be uh in your opinion do you think there will be a vaccine in the next six months to year um i can't say but yeah i think i think there will be all right uh and iki uh in uh your opinion what's What's your conclusion of this uh, worldwide pandemic? Um, my conclusion would be that the coronavirus has started a pandemic and there is no cure or ending that has been solved just yet. The virus is more spread out than we think and our shortage of tests is going to be a problem that we need to be solved or that needs to be solved. Um, what we can do to help ourselves and not just ourselves is stay inside and away from other people to prevent spreading of COVID-19 virus. Um, don't take any chances either because there is no guarantee you'll be getting tested. Um, some individuals decided not to listen to the law and they do go out, but that's not helping anyone. All right. Yeah. Um, and because of the shortage of tests, uh, that's why the virus is more spread out than we think. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for your time, everybody. Uh, it was nice to hear from all of you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hello, this is Mika Grood, and today I'll be interviewing Dr. Justin Grood about testing for the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Dr. Grood. It, thank you for being here. Sure, I'm happy to help. Okay, so, Dr. Grood, can you please explain what COVID-19 testing actually is? Sure, of course. Uh, so, COVID-19 testing is a way of identifying whether or not somebody actually has um, the active viral disease or has had it at some point in the past and now has immunity. So, um, so what uh, the, the primary test that we're using um, right now globally is a, a test that actually looks at the virus. It's measuring to see if you have uh, the virus um, in, in your body. So it's a, it's a nasopharyngeal swab, which is going up the nose into kind of like the back of the throat and measuring if you have virus there. And um, there are other tests that look, rather than looking actually at the virus, they're, they're looking more at the immune system's reaction to the virus. And what that means is that um, in response to the virus, um, after a certain number of days, you know, usually um, a couple of weeks, a little bit sooner even in, in, in some cases, you can have antibodies um, that the body makes against the virus to kind of uh, ultimately attack the virus and, and, and um, kill it. And then 
giving you give you long term protection. Um, uh, you know that depending on on what the the virus is can last for years, sometimes even decades. So, again, to reiterate, there is uh, a direct viral test, which is what is commonly being used, and there's also an antibody test that's a little bit more recently developed for this particular viral illness. Okay, so how accurate is COVID-19 testing? Yeah, that's a really good question, and, um, and to be honest with you, nobody really knows because it's so new. I mean, we know in general the accuracy of uh, the types of testing in general, not specifically for this virus, but in general because we've, we've had this technology for a very long time, especially the antibody test. Um, and it varies from, from um, you know, di- different things. It's not, they're not all, it depends on the lab for one thing and the quality of the test and it also depends on what they're actually measuring because every, every human body is different and can have complexities, meaning like there could be interactions between different different antibodies that can make the test um, have false positives and false negatives. Um, so in terms of the, the, the direct viral testing, which we call polymerase chain reaction, so you're actually measuring um, the, um, the viral materials in a, in a specific way. And that's a fairly believed to be a fairly accurate test although the truth is is that there always there's always uh, some false testing so I mean false positives or false negatives and what I mean by that is um, a false positive would be somebody who has symptoms and they're tested and they test positive but they don't actually have symptoms because of the coronavirus they have symptoms from something else like influenza or the flu that can look like the coronavirus and you can have a certain percentage depending on what I've read, uh, and it really varies from lab to lab, and, and in this particular, for this particular virus, we don't even have enough data yet, so we're, it's very uh, limited, but I would say about um, maybe 96 to 98% um, in terms of that will be, if, if somebody has a, uh, you know, a test that's positive, it will be accurate, and the remainder of that which will be two to four percent will actually be a false positive, and it's it may not be quite that high. It might be a little bit more accurate, but it really is very very difficult to tell at this point. And then there's a false negative, which means that somebody actually has symptoms, has the virus, but they test negative and they go, okay, great, I don't have the virus. It's something else, but actually they did. And so there are a number of, um, I mean that that's something that happens in any type of infectious disease, and it, and uh, no less so for uh, the coronavirus. And we have, you know, without going into too much details, we have ways of sort of measuring, you know, how that plays out with predictive values. But, uh, um, you know, to make a long story short, we actually really don't have enough data to, to know how accurate our testing is at this point. And there are a lot of people out there who've been tested and it's been inaccurate. And so some of the early concerns that you can actually get reinfected, that you don't, you can, rather than have protection after you've been infected, there's been some concerns that you, you don't actually have protection and you can get reinfected. It looks like that's probably not true because of false testing. So somebody tested um, false positive and then go and get infected again. It turns out we can actually look at that with antibodies and kind of get a sense whether or not that was accurate. It's, it's, very, it's very complicated. This has all happened so fast that it's overwhelmed the scientific community. Okay. Um, 
Do you think scientists will come up with a with better tests for the virus? I don't think they're going to come up with better tests for the virus, but they'll come up with more, um, I think, more reliable tests, more, more, more accurate. And so as our uh, scientific community gets more, um, I think, uh, accustomed to this particular viral disease and the labs are producing better quality um, testing kits, then we're going to have more accurate, more reliable results. Part of the problem is that because this has been such a, you know, a kind of catastrophic, catastrophic emergency, the... Um, the government entities, like in our country, the FDA that approves these kinds of tests, that's the Food and Drug Administration, um, the, the federal government, they, they've um, granted a lot of uh, emergency sort of expedited approval uh, of certain test kits a lot quicker than they normally would. There'd be a lot more checks and balances and measures to make sure that these are actually accurate and reliable. And so a lot of these tests have been allowed to um, be on the market uh, prematurely but out of the, you know, state of emergency. So it's nobody's fault. But yeah, I think you know, as time goes on and we have more of an opportunity to develop more, uh, you know, I think um, accurate and reliable tests, we're gonna, it, it'll be much better. Okay, great. Um, what is your opinion on the shortage of tests? Well, you know, I, I, I think like everybody else and their dog. I have an opinion about this. I, th I think that um, I th what happened is that we had we used to have a, um, a sort of a, a faction of the government that was responsible for pandemic response and took care of making sure that we had enough personal protective equipment, we had enough tests, we, we had an infrastructure that can rapidly respond to situations like this, and that was dismantled in 2016, um, and or maybe it was 2017. In any case, uh, that was a huge um, mistake because we were we were incredibly underprepared uh, for the situation, and a lot of people took unnecessary risks to treat people who were sick because they didn't have enough uh, personal protective equipment. And we're talking about, you know, nurses and doctors, emergency room staff, paramedics, and emergency medical technicians, and you know, police and you know, firefighters. So it's really, um, it's, it's been a conundrum for our country and uh, an embarrassment, frankly. And I'm not saying this politically. I, it's, it's really not about politics. Uh, it's it's, it's um, these, these kinds of uh, mistakes happen, but it's, um, it's the reality. You know, we have to, you know, learn from this and, and hopefully it will never happen again. Okay. Thanks for agreeing to do this interview. You're welcome. Happy to help.